You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey Church, welcome to Burley Church Online. It's great, again, whatever time, whoever you're with, it's great to be with you. Uh, and we'll just praise God for the technology that we can, uh, yeah, we can communicate this way. I want to kickstart today with a, a bit about a guy called John Patton, which I, I actually encourage you to go have a bit more of a research on. He was a missionary that actually went to the islands of Vanuatu in 1860. Um, he felt a really strong calling. And at that stage, the island had been barely um, had been barely witnessed to, had had barely had had some missionaries before, but they died on the shore um, as some of Vanuatu actually had cannibals living on the islands. But uh, John was called, and so he brought his wife, Margaret, and newborn son over to the island to share the gospel. And what's insane about his story that within the first few months, his wife and son actually passed away, yet he stayed there for another four years, fearing for his life every day as he was actually reaching some of the cannibals, establishing orphanages. And then when the boat came back around four years and actually picked him back up, he would remarry, start a family, and head back over to Vanuatu and live out the remainder or the majority of his life witnessing to these people. So was his call there. And as I think you through those stories, we've all heard stories of those missionaries or ministers or, or people we look up to that have lived a life like that. And I guess what I think, and the questions that go through my head when I read stories and hear things like that, is, well, one word is faithful. Faithful to a calling, faithful to a mission, that he would put everything on the line, Every, literally put everything on the line. And as I reflect on that story of a man that at the cost of his wife and child would, would continue to work with this community, I reflect and I think, how do I grow that fruit? <laughs> how do I even consider becoming that faithful? It seriously speaks to a man's grown character that isn't mucking around anymore, that he is serious about his or her calling. And that's what I want to talk about in a moment. But first, just a couple of announcements for us. Uh, if you want to connect with us as a, uh, a local community, then you can find more information on uh, www.bcc.org.au. Find more information about our community and how we're running services in this time. If you're from another community and you found us somehow, then that's okay too. We would love to support or help or, or I don't know what it looks like, but we'd love to know about what you're doing. And so please contact us at admin at bcc.org.au. We'd love to find out how we can be praying and how we can connect with you more if you're finding um, some use um, and some encouragement out of these weekly teachings. To support us, you can hit subscribe and like on this video on our, on our YouTube channel. And, and you can also, if you want to support in a financial sense, um, you can find the giving details below and you're able to give to the furthering of the kingdom through, through, this, um, through this technology and through this ministry as well. And, and, and lastly, of course, you can share. Share this round. Um, share it to people that you think might be challenged or encouraged by it. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, 
that's a couple of announcements. But for now, <laughs> back to producing faithfulness. Let's have a look at this passage we've been exploring uh, the last, yeah, this whole season. Galatians 5, 16, 26. If you've been with us, you should almost know it off by heart. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. They're easy. They come out. They're quick. They're brief. They're basic. It's sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, this is Paul writing to this church, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, killed it with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So idea that we've been exploring of growing something, again, we don't just walk outside after hearing a message like this and just go, oh, I'm just going to, I don't know, force ourselves, reach deep and force ourselves to have faith like John Patton. And even John Patton actually agrees with this. Here's a quote um, from, from a book on all about his life. Listen to this. John Patton realized that going overseas would not automatically turn him into a missionary. And that to be a missionary means to win lost souls for Christ. Thus, for the next 10 years, and this is when John was a minister in his local church, he faithfully sought the lost souls around him and studied the word of God. Within those years, many within what seemed at first glance of hopelessness to vision came to Christ and John Patton had a fruitful ministry that would prepare him for the years to come. Even John Patton, knew that he wasn't the John Patton he wanted to be. And he knew if he was going to get there, he needed to start here. And so he was faithful where he started. And so right through college into his ministry, he actually sought to be a missionary wherever he was on Monday, <laughs> wherever he was during the week to his networks and neighborhoods. And eventually, of course, that would lead him right across to the ends of the earth at that stage, Vanuatu. John knew that it was a process. And I mean, if you're still not with me, if you're not convinced that it's a process, even the name faithful means you have to be full of something. And a hint, it's faith. To be faithful means you're full of faith. And so like we have the last few weeks, I just want to give three encouragements around filling yourself with faith. And I guess the most important question before we look at those encouragements is, what are you full of? <laughs> what are you faithful to? Because in this season, we find ourselves globally, there's lots of things competing for our faith. Politics right now in its ex most probably extreme religious form that I've ever experienced, 
um, that that you're either right wing or left wing, that you need to put your faith into it. The language is almost religious. I would have said the atheist movement in the late 90s or early 2000s said it was science. But honestly, we're actually moving into a, that conversation's less and less. What I'm finding, modern culture says, you need to have faith in how you feel. Feel like where you need to put faith in how you feel each day and how others feel. And that's where your faith should lie. But what is it for you? What are you filling up your faith for? Is it a budget? Do you have faith in an idea, a person? I've seen lots of people, I guess, single or looking for love, uh, lose themselves in the idea or the faith of a perfect partner or the perfect career. If only I can line it all up, the perfect life track. Now, placing some sort of faith in these things isn't evil. There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with hoping for that. I guess the question is, in, in all seriousness, do these things last the test of time? If, like John, you lost everything, would that career path hold up? Like John, if you lost everything, would the faith in politics hold up? In the cultural moment we live in at the moment when things are literally falling apart for some countries, has their faith in their system been worth it? Did it stand the test of time? Is it worth dying for? And I'm not just talking about martyring or being martyred. I'm talking about is the thing you've got faith in worth giving up your lifestyle for, towards? Giving up on a supposed dream in favour of what you have faith and hope into? Give up the goals because of the profound eternal value. Is the thing that you're filling yourself with full of faithfulness towards worth it? Even Christians fall into this trap. Some American pastors right now, and we're going to have people in our church on different views on this, and I'm not trying to speak to it directly, but seriously, they're opening their church back up to thousands because the method the ritual, the Sunday means more to them than possibly people's health. Now, I'm not saying we have to close churches, but we can do separation. We can meet in wide open spaces. We can meet in smaller tables. We can meet in smaller groups for the safety of people. But so is some Christians sometimes the faith in the ritual, the faith in the tradition, the faith in Sunday morning has to happen even if people die rather than, I would say, faith in God, his living presence every day, <laughs> that he is found in a Sunday morning, but he is also found in your home. You can break bread in either. What is your faith placed in? Even Christians can risk filling their faith in something else. And so if it is Jesus, and if you're are if you not a follower of Jesus today, there's no pressure. It's great to have you here today. Great. Explore this. Question this. Find out what, what, will actually, what actually stands the test of time. For me, it's Jesus. For many watching, it's Jesus. So if it is Jesus, how do we grow in faith and become full of it? As Jesus says, he said, you only need a mustard seed worth of this stuff, faith, to do incredible things. 
So three encouragements I want us to wrestle with. I'm actually happy for you to disagree with me on some of these points. Just interact. Let's work this out. Let's grow and work out how to fill ourselves of faith. Grow faithfulness like the fruit of the Spirit it is in Jesus. And so as it says in Hebrews 11, I think it gives us some hints towards these encouragements. In Hebrews 11, titled Faith in Action, it says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. He's talking about these stories. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And then this writer in Hebrews, actually, I won't go through it all, but go through Hebrews 11, goes on to story and story and story and story through the word of God, through the story of the library of books that is the Bible, talking about people's faiths. It talks about Enoch. He talks about the faith Abraham has. He talks about the faith uh, Joseph, Moses has. He keeps talking about the faith of David. He talks about through the kings, the judges. And he goes on and on and talks about the hope and faith these people had. And I believe this whole passage, Hebrews 11, gives us a hint at what it looks like to fill ourselves, to grow in faith. And so my first encouragement today is, Straight out of Hebrews 11, remember what God has done for you so far. I think the number one way to grow our faith is actually take some time to remember what God has done for you so far. It's so easy and we're so good at it, at waking up Monday morning and remembering all the things that we don't have, (laughs) remembering all the things we wish we had, remembering all the ailments remembering the things that our neighbours have. And I guess it ties into this theme right through this series of gratitude. How often do you reflect? Whether it be at the start of the week or the end of the week, how often do you take the time to go, wow, six months ago I was stressing about that and now it's passed. God, thank you. Thank you for getting me through that. Oh, wow, you know what? Four years ago, the biggest thing I was facing, I couldn't imagine getting through that. And now here I am. I've grown. Wow, God, you have been faithful. Because we know the only one that can truly be faithful is God. So we get it from him. (laughs) It's his spirit. Remember what God has done for you so far. And think about what that looks like for you to remember what he's done in your life. And do that often. Because the world wants to tell you every single marketing agency in the world with all their in uh, with all their money is pouring into research to tell you that you don't have enough, that God has not given you enough, that you are not enough. And so I think as much as possible, number one encouragement, remember what God has done for you so far. Number two, remember what God has done in Scripture. As the writer of Hebrews 11 says, There's a whole library of stories and stories and stories and stories right through the last like thousands of years of stories of God being faithful. And then not only that, how cheeky is this, but the Bible actually tells us the future. And so far it's been 100% correct on that God is going to be faithful. So it gives us a lifetime from the beginning to the end of what is our known world. 
And it highlights time and time and time and time and time again, God's faithfulness. How often are you reading this and remembering God was faithful to these people? God has been faithful to you. Increase your faith. We do this weekly through the act of communion, remembering God's faithfulness through Jesus who came and reconciled us back to the Father, set us free. That story alone should restore and grow our faith that God has not left us like a distant father. He's not on the other side of the universe. He came and walked amongst us through Jesus, giving his life for us. We can have faith in him both now and eternally. And then number three, and we're big on this at this church, and we're going to get even more bigger on this at Burley Church, and I hope wherever you are, you talk about this. But talk about what God is doing now. Number three, encouragement. Talk about where God is being faithful today. Share these stories. We do these little videos at the start of the sermons, and it's not accidental. So now doesn't come in and set up the cameras and the lights and orchestrate these interviews just because it looks nice. <laughs> but because we're serious about hearing what God has been saying, what God is doing today. We don't believe in a God that just did things. <laughs> That's great, and we should remember that, but we have a hope. We practice hope in a God that has done things, is doing things, and will do things. And so we tell all those stories. If part of your tribe and community or your whatever you're listening from, don't take time to talk about what God is doing. That's okay, but you should start doing that now. <laughs> That's the point. That's what it looks like to spur each other on. That's what it looks like to have fellowship, to tell each other of the good things God is doing, to encourage each other so that we're full of faith. We remember the news has a 24-hour seven cycle and, and on, on regular TV is on every single night telling us all the reasons we should be scared, all the reasons we should be anxious, all the reasons we shouldn't trust, all the reasons we should be suspicious. So we need as many people and as many times as possible to tell us why we should be faithful, why, well, why God is faithful to us, therefore increasing our faith. If all you share with your Christian brothers and sisters about the weather and all you talk about is what you need prayer for, which is okay, by the way, we want to pray for you. But if that's all you talk about, how will you grow in faith? How will you, as it, as it says in Hebrews 11, practice this hope? <laughs> if we woke up Monday morning, Think about these, combined all these, and we had a sense of gratitude and we'd reflected on all that had God had done for us so far in our lives. If we still had the scripture or story out of the word that we'd been reading on the weekend or last week and we're reminded of all the things through time God has been doing. And then we thought about the stories of our peers and what God is doing in them now and we were encouraged and lifted up by that. We would walk into our weeks full of faith. 
We wouldn't have faith in a passing philosophy or an idea or a fad, but with an eternal, moving, growing God. Church, that's the type of fruit we're looking to grow. And um, yeah, let me pray about that as we look at, yeah, cultivating (laughs) our lives in a way that encourage us to grow in faith and become faithful people. Not over... Not in the moment, not in a second, but a gradual grow like John Patton, gradually growing. No one's asking you again. I've said this before and I want to say it again. No one's asking you to leave and turn this video off and then instantly have this outrageous, radical faith. It's a slow journey of growing this fruit. You know, um, you can't go anywhere. (laughs) on any island in Vanuatu now without running into a church. They are one of, if not the most Christian country in the world. That didn't happen instantly. And it wasn't just John. Although the seeds and his faithfulness means his legacy is that it is a highly Christian country with orphanages, with different healthcare elements set up, and with consistent missionary connection with churches. I myself got to go when I was younger because of the connection with churches. Faithfulness. Imagine what people might say in Berlin, our wider community, or wherever you're from in the next 10 years because of the small faithful that are growing and how we grow each other and this group and this community. Let's pray. Father God, we just acknowledge that none of this is possible without you. We just thank you for your word. We thank you in this season where we could be growing in so many wrong areas. (sighs) Growing in fear, growing in anxiety, growing in anger, growing in frustration. But Father, we just thank you for freedom to grow through a new path, a new way. And Father, I just pray that through remembering what you've done for us, remembering what you've done through all of time and are going to do, and then remembering what you're doing today, Lord. I just pray that you fill us full with faithfulness. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I'll give you three questions, but they're just based around those statements. How can you remember more? How can your small table or those around you help you remember what God has done for you so far? Do you take? Do you plan a moment of the week to do that? Number two, do you spend time in Scripture not just to know stuff, but to remember what God is doing and will do? And then lastly, probably the most important, if all you did as a small table is just turn to each other and said, hey, what is God saying and what are you doing about it? How powerfully encouraging and full of faith would you be upon leaving that? So there's a couple of questions for us today. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you soon. Don't forget to hit subscribe, hit like, share this video around and look forward to seeing you next week.